Hi, this is Dr. G. Welcome to the Body Detective Podcast. Today, I wanna talk about how emotional pain is physical pain. I am a physical therapist. I have a doctor of physical therapy, and I have been practicing for 20 years. When I was in physical therapy school, we were not taught about emotions. We had one class in uh, psychosocial aspects of healthcare. And I think it was pretty general in things that people could experience throughout life and, you know, how it could affect their body, but it really didn't go into detail. It was something that I was very interested in. And um, when I first started my private practice, most of the people that came to me had chronic pain. So they had tried most therapies. They had been to traditional counseling, they had been to physical therapy, they had had surgeries, they medications, injections, they tried acupuncture, maybe even some energy work, and nothing seemed to work for them. So I thought, how am I going to do this differently? And I really started to listen subjectively to my patients and try to understand deep down what they were really going through. And I learned that that people could be holding on to emotions from their childhood and having a parent that shamed them and made them feel bad and how deep down in the core that is something that they identify with. So later on in life, somebody in their relationship maybe they have or somebody even at the grocery store or their child could say something that makes them feel bad about themselves and they believe it because it is a pathway that was built into their brain and belief systems. And so we just go through life and believe that about ourselves and our body reacts. So... You know, our mind is for thoughts and the body is for feelings. And when we have these thoughts, let's say that we are not worthy, our body reacts to it. And when we think of how that would feel in the body, it would kind of feel like a gut punch, right? Like, ugh. And our tummy could hurt with that. We just don't feel good about ourselves. And we don't know how to get out of that situation unless we bring attention to it. Childhood experiences uh, that bring on shame or guilt or apathy or grief or fear are major emotions that carry an energetic frequency that's actually very, very low. There's a really cool book that I like called uh, Power Versus Force by David Hawkins. And he talks about the levels of consciousness. And those five particular emotions, shame, guilt, apathy, grief, and fear, have a very, very low vibration in the body. And they result in depression, right? So shame is our lowest vibrating emotion in the body. And we could feel that, right? So um, 
with adverse childhood experiences, if we've experienced any type of abuse, sexual abuse especially, physical abuse for sure, um, and emotional abuse, when we feel bad about ourselves, uh, we it's hard to grow from that. We really um, can tend to keep attracting people in our lives that make us feel that way because we believe it, our body knows it, and it kind of like locks itself in. I had uh, a client who, let's see, he was about 21 years old. And when he was in high school, he had severe, severe back pain that came on. And he had tried the Western medical model, didn't work for him, and he was referred to me. And he was really suffering when he came in and practically unable to say anything. Um, No expression on his face, completely shut down emotionally. His eyes were wide open, tense in his body, perspiring when he said the few words that he said, very monotone, no eye contact, extremely apathetic, never had been in any type of relationship, and he was really locked in a place and felt like he was trapped and built up so much pain. I pretty much assumed that he had never expressed any kind of emotion because it was so difficult for it to 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 get any words out of him and I can tell that it was difficult for his family to do to try to do that as well and intuitively when I would talk to him I can see that he was very deeply conflicted Felt like he was hiding something inside. Uh, I sensed some trembling and fear when I laid my hands on his body and felt like he really just needed some love. Maybe heartbroken, I'm not sure. These are just things that I, the way my body kind of feels it, the way I sense it, and I kind of stick these... um, these little sticky notes up into my brain and into my consciousness. And I kind of am writing these little notes and um, seeing where I move them around the body and how um, it kind of like preps the body for my body work surgery. And the way I go in and kind of, um, I always call it like lifting the hood and kind of going into the, the car and starting to doing the work to, disconnect this cord and reconnect that cord. And that's the way I really think about it. But um, a person like this is always, always deeply sensitive. And it takes time to talk to someone, to get them to open up, to understand them and where they've been through and what they need. And oftentimes, I am the first person that they come into contact with that they are really like bearing their soul to me and I could imagine I'm a parent so I would imagine 
His parents tried to do the same thing and um, they were not successful. And he said that he knew he wasn't opening up because it was terrifying. He didn't know what he was feeling. He didn't know how to be vulnerable. He didn't know how to say um, that he was afraid, that he was deep down a perfectionist, that he wasn't good at certain things and it really doesn't feel good. And um, having a hard time in his teen years um, coming to terms with all of that. And it really manifested as back pain. And then when I started to look at like, what could the science be of that? Like I can see that this kid is really suffering with back pain, but it seems so emotional. And the way his body was responding was the perspiring, you know, the heart racing, a lot of like anxiety types of uh, symptoms. That was his autonomic nervous system which is the nervous system that in our bodies that is responsible for everything automatic. You know, our heart beats without us thinking about it. Our lungs uh, breathe and move without us thinking about it. Our gut digests food without us thinking about it. It's everything automatic. And that's what seemed to be really alarming in his body and what I sensed. So I knew that I had to turn that volume down, which is creating safe space for him in his body through my tone of voice, through um, my words, the, um, the feelings that he gets when he walks into the studio and um, really just being human, quite honestly. It's really um, what I focus on, but when we finally got to the emotional root, it came down to um, an incident that happened when he was very, very, very young that was extremely humiliating. And it happened again when he was in middle school. And he didn't even realize that something like that could uh, cause such pain. But I know when I'm investigating somebody's body and their life that I know exactly what I'm looking for. And in humiliation, with that emotion comes shame, right? So if shame is our lowest vibrating emotion in the body, it's absolutely going to bring on depression, which has no energy very low energy and you don't want to do anything you don't want to go anywhere you don't want to go live life it's very difficult to get up it's difficult to smile at people it's difficult to talk to people you're really really challenged and so many people that i've met in this particular state they don't want to be here this is not what they want in their life it is the the experiences that they've had in life that has caused their body to shut down. And what I saw him in was a freeze mode, right? In the, with the autonomic nervous system, we have fight, flight, freeze. His body was frozen and he was trying so hard to 
be a teenager and go do some social activities, but it just got harder and harder and harder. And I can see that this pattern was a perfect storm and had all the ingredients of addiction because when we don't feel good about ourselves, we usually reach, we can usually reach for a substance that would make us feel good, right? Alcohol is liquid courage. It brings, it gives us a personality, right? We can adopt a persona with it. We could be funny. We could feel like we're connecting with others. Drugs, you know, can do the same thing. And it's dangerous when we have this particular emotion hiding deep down inside of us. And it's causing pain, internal pain, but we might not be aware that it's actually causing physical pain. It might just be more of the emotional pain at that point. When we have the physical pain, now we're going to some type of practitioner or healthcare provider to help us with the physical pain. Oftentimes that's a physical therapist. That is what we do. But we are not trained to help a teenager or a young 20-something-year-old man with his humiliating incident that he had when he was younger. We, we don't really learn that. We haven't learned that. This is what I have done for a good 10 to 15 years. It has been quite a journey of uncovering it all, a lot of observing, a lot of witnessing, listening subjectively to people, trying things objectively, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, and then trying to figure out a different solution. And really all I um, base my treatment methods off of is how is the patient feeling? If they're feeling better, great, success, I've won. Like they've won, we're all good. But if they're still hurting and still in pain, what else do I need to look at? How much further do I need to dig? What else is in there? But when we hit shame, you know, shame is shame is it. That's usually the bottom, it's... Um, going to look at someone's self-worth and um, self-love, which is a really difficult um, concept for a young man to understand that they need to love themselves. And they really don't know what that means. But it's a journey. And um, they start to understand that the self-love comes with confidence, how to feel good about themselves um, inside out, right? And talk to themselves in a different way instead of using those thoughts to really abuse themselves and beat themselves up. That is what I have found with um, young men in that... It's a common thread within them and um, back pain could be a result of that. 
Um, stomach issues can be a result of that. Sometimes shoulder pain. Um, those are usually the, the main core things that, that I see. But when we look at joy, right? The emotion of joy. It's a much higher vibrating emotion connected to love and happiness, intimacy, passion, and a purposeful life momentum, right? We, we feel good. We have a pep in our step. We have space inside of ourselves to uh, dream and uh, search for things that we want to do in life. And our body generally feels really good. We produce that dopamine and uh, feed off of that energy. And um, our bodies follow in that momentum. And we can sleep better from that. So we feel fresh and rested. And we wake back up and we have something to look forward to. On the opposite side of that, when we move past uh, shame or guilt, or apathy, grief, or fear, we can move a little bit higher up the chain and go into anger. Anger has more energetic frequency than shame and the other emotions that I just listed. Anger, and we know that, right? When we're angry, we might lash out. We might punch something. We um, growl because we're just so irritated. And it really locks in that anxiety. So when I see that someone might be suffering with anxiety, oftentimes, not all the time, that's why this work is so subjective and it's difficult to put into textbooks. We'll get there one day, but uh, because it's a sliding scale all the time. Things are so layered in people's lives that it's really difficult to say it's this one thing. But when someone is suffering with anxiety, a lot of times I've noticed that they aren't able to get angry. They don't know how to do that. That's not in their personality. Um, they're maybe softer, tender, more sweet, and they don't know how to activate that anger button. So those boundaries get crossed and they, you know, shy away from confronting anybody. And so that anxiety builds up within them. And the release is through the expression of anger, right? If I were to kick you in the shin I would hope that you would say, hey, why did you do that? Um, but if you just sit there and you're quiet, you think like, oh, okay, maybe this is part of the session. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not part of the session. Um, it's, it's just showing like, where are you on that spectrum? Where is your anger? And how does that manifest in your, in your body? Um, it can most certainly burn out organs. Um, it definitely burns out the stomach and the liver and uh, the pancreas. 
all those organs in that area is um, our center of power. And when we're fighting for power, um, we might get angry too much in that area. Or when we feel powerless, we bring on that anxiety in our stomach because we really need to draw that boundary somewhere and hold firm um maybe not particularly with anger but but just really holding firm with your word energy is emotions in motion right when we are feeling anger in our body our fists clench our chest puffs out to lash out at somebody But when we feel joy, it elevates us to reach out for a hug, connect with somebody, cheer someone on, dance, or sing. They're totally different frequencies. And we can see when someone is in um, one emotion or the other. And I have just been so... um, surprised that we've gone for so long in healthcare without asking our patients how their lives are going. And one of the big uh, milestones that I see in life is someone that has had a divorce and they've gone through the relationship, um, obviously has had some tough times, lots of emotions, could be some abuse in there, and how their body has taken a toll with that. And, you know, separating from someone, detaching from the family unit, separation of kids, and just what that can do to the physical body. And what I've noticed is that someone could be in survival mode, And they don't feel it so much in that particular relationship, in that home. Our body is our home. Our home is our body. So they're surviving in that home. And then not until they get out, they get out of that relationship, do they start to feel something. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Historically, what I've seen is that the person starts dating somebody or gets married and now they're in a new home. And oftentimes this home is much safer than the other home. So think about like that shame, anger, vibration that's very low. And then you have a joy, happiness, love vibration in a new home. And not until they get into that new home and that safe space and that love, higher energetic frequency, do they start to feel the pain. It's so common. I've seen it a lot where they're wondering, like, where did this pain come from? When I do my body detecting and I am searching through their past history and I'm really trying to locate the scene of the crime. I go back and I ask a bunch of questions about their relationship. How did that person treat you? What did you guys go through? 
And it's not because I want to know these details. Trust me, they have now, I'm trying to teach myself how they go in and out because the details are really important because it teaches me how that, um, the particular things that have happened to them, how they hit the body. And then I know what areas of the body I need to go into to make some uh, changes uh, through, you know, soft tissue mobilization and, and different kinds of techniques that I do. But it really isn't until we find safety in lots of different situations do we end up dealing with the pain Um, Same thing in adulthood, right? We deal with the pain of our childhood and we see that now more than ever. As a physical therapist, I think it's really important that we address emotions in connection with physical pain because think about what has happened in our lives and if we feel bad about ourselves or we're guilty for something or if we're grieving or afraid they really, those emotions take on that slumped posture, right? We're slumped through the mid back, shoulders round forward, ribs slide back, head um, moves kind of forward, kind of poking out a little bit, and our tail tucks under, and we just don't feel good about ourselves. I mean, it could be so subtle, but it's very different than someone, you know, standing tall connected in their core, chest lifted and head and eyes up high. That's really, really different. So, um, and, and the frequencies that it holds. So it's one of the first things that I look at when, when, um, a client of mine is, I'm meeting them for the first time and they're walking through the door. I pay attention to how they walk and looking at their gait patterns and, um, seeing how, um, well, they can look me in the eye and listening to the sound in their voice and trying to understand what emotions they are carrying deep down that could be connected to their pain or diagnosis or what is going on within them. Another general issue that I see with someone who represses emotion, who just holds it in and, you know, if our mind is for thoughts and our body is for feelings, those feelings need to be expressed, right? Through some type of creativity, through our words, voice, uh, singing, art, skateboarding, music. Somehow these emotions need to be expressed. Most importantly, we get to a point sometimes where it just needs to be verbally expressed. When we hold things in for too long, it most certainly causes us to burst. And um, which that pressure, right? And that resistance would cause so, 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 so much pain. And a person that I see is when they hold in those emotions, they are in their head a lot right? So most of that energy is going to be shoved up stairs into the brain, into the head and cause headaches. There's pressure, tension, um, maybe neck 
uh, tension or stress in the upper shoulders, but mainly up into the head because they're not feeling the feelings in the body, right? You see how that kind of works? And so I basically have to interrogate them. No, just kidding. Um, I ask them a lot of questions trying to peel back the layers and get them to say whatever it is that they are going through. And it takes time. Sometimes, sometimes people come in and they have no problems opening up. It's really about creating safe space. But um, other times it could be tough to get people to, to open. But uh, migraines are, are really huge. Um, you know, if your child says they have a headache, you know, a good thing to do is to help uh, help them figure out where in their body they are feeling their emotions, right? Or what has gone on that day or what kind of stress or tension could they be experiencing? Stress is such an umbrella term and we don't really know exactly what it means. I try to find the details. So it's like maybe they had a stressful um, practice of some kind or they had a test that they were studying for or they have a breakup or they need to break up with somebody or whatever tension it could be in their life that they're not addressing, that they're really afraid to express. And that tension is in the mind because they keep thinking about it. It's like, your computer being on forever and you know it gets warm where the the monitor is on for a long time it it's plugged in it gets warm and it's exactly like the brain it gets really hot so when i do body work i actually have my hands you know particularly maybe on their head sometimes it just depends on where i'm at but if i'm working on the cranium i can feel the heat i'm like you're thinking too much you're really thinking too much. And they're like, huh, what do you mean? So in the session, I have to teach them uh, what it feels like to think too much. Where is their attention? Why is it there? What else can they think about? And oftentimes that's going into some type of somatic practice, right? They, You wanna breathe, inhale through the nose, exhale through the mouth, so that you can get into your body. I want you to feel your feet walking on the grass or um, I want you to feel the breeze of the wind blowing. I want you to be able to smell the flowers, um, feel the silence, feel the edges of space on the corners of your shoulders. It's really teaching people how to get into their body so they're not in their heads so much and you know one thing that can cause is migraines like i said and headaches it can also cause depression and anxiety to live there for so long because we just don't know what it feels like in the body i read this book called how emotions are made by lisa feldman barrett it's the secret life of the brain she's a researcher and it talks about how emotions come from interoception, which is the eighth sensory system. 
It's a lesser known sense that helps you understand and feel what's going on inside your body. It's kind of like the alarms um, inside that tell us when, when we feel hungry, when we're hot or we're cold or we're thirsty. And some people struggle to be able to listen to those, um, those signals. But interoception is how emotions are made in the body, right? It's in the body. I thought like there is an anger button in the brain and there's a fear button in the brain, which they kind of all come from a central place um, called the amygdala. But she talks about how these emotions come from inside the body and they build pathways. So they're built off of our experiences growing up and the the things that we have uh, that happen to us in life. And so if we live with somebody who's very angry growing up, then our body is going to respond the way it does. Some people get more angry at that, or some people just shut down and get quiet and are hard on themselves. Some become perfectionists. However we respond to that person in the house that was angry is how your body is reacting, right? So 20 years later, we could hear someone get angry and our body responds the same way. So maybe our body responds in fear. So that is how fear builds its pathway in your body. It's from um, maybe loud sounds and, you know, all different emotions are made in that way. That's why I thought it was really important that physical therapists are um, the healthcare practitioners that are really paying attention to the body and how these particular emotional life experiences have landed into um, different diagnoses and different symptoms and pain responses. Thank you so much for joining me today and listening to how emotional pain is physical pain. If you have experienced any type of emotional pain and it has manifested as physical pain, I'd love for you to comment so that other people can see how this is happening because this is most certainly how we need to move the needle in healthcare. We need to pay attention to humanity and what is happening to us and what has happened to us and how it's showing up in our bodies and and directing us and giving us signals to how we need to change our lives and find peace. So please comment. Thanks. I'll see you next time. Bye.